Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast, the place to learn field-tested, no BS tactics to growth hack your online business, and finally, live life on your own terms. Now, your host, Gael and Mark. Hey guys, welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. In today's episode, we are going to talk about something a little bit controversial, something that not everyone's necessarily going to feel comfortable with, but we try to be pretty open about what we do with Mark. And by the way, welcome to the podcast, Mark. Hey. (laughs) And we're going to talk about the use of personas to run your website. So in a nutshell, we don't say, hey, we are Mark and Gail and we're running Health Ambition for for a health site. If you don't know, we have a health site called healthambition.com. You can go check it out. We mentioned it many times on the blog. But if you go and check that website, it actually doesn't say like it's Mark and Gail. It actually says it's someone called Helen Sanders. And the truth is, Helen Sanders is not real. It's not a real person. It is what we call a persona. It's a person that is invented to take the voice of the website essentially. So we kind of like, it protects Mark and I. At the same time, it allows us to do things like reselling the website, etc. But we're going to talk about the pros and cons of you know having a persona or not having a persona, it's probably way more common than what you expect. And I expect a lot of controversy over, over this episode, but it's going to be interesting to talk about it and to answer in the comments if you guys are listening to that. So uh, why are we using a persona on Health Ambition Mark? Well, to be honest, it wasn't something which we had planned out from the very start. It wasn't like, oh, we want to use a persona on this site. I mean, when we first started Health Ambition, we didn't really have any persona or any it was just visible, it was, just, it was yeah. just essentially a faceless magazine and when we started doing emails they came from me i think yeah but what ended up happening is you were sending them <laughs> and it ended up being some like kind of weird stuff i remember some article i can't exactly remember the topic it was something like female birth control for weight loss or something, no, something like it that. was menstrual cramps oh that was the one yeah and my mom was on that list and she was like, oh, that was an interesting article you sent me today. And I had no idea what she was talking about, obviously. To, to also introduce things, I would kind of like invent a little story to, to kind of like introduce things. And it was like in your name, but I was actually managing the emails. So I was actually kind of making up a story about your life and like people you knew were getting these emails and they were like, what the hell, Mark? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, it didn't really bother me that much, but it was, it wasn't, that wasn't sort of the main reason why we did it, but that was, I guess, the, the trigger. And we're so like, what's okay, the main well, reason? We, we never really actually thought about how we we're going to do this and how we were going to, you know, create a, a brand around the site. Like, as I said, it was just a faceless magazine at that point. We'd sort of got Authority Hacker going at that point, and you were very much the face of that, and we saw it working quite well. So, like, oh, well, we need to do something similar. And for another... By the way, Gail is my real name, right? Yeah. <laughs> for another project we were doing for Health Ambition, we had ended up doing kind of like a survey of our list, and we found that the majority of people were over 50 years old female in the U.S., which was about as far away from... You know, we were twenty something <laughs> male in Eastern Europe at the time, as you can get. So it just felt like there was a bit of a disconnect there. And we had several writers writing for us and they were posting on the site under their own names. And we just really wanted 
some singular voice, essentially, more for the emails than anything else. I mean, we still, not so much anymore, but we still, for quite a while after that, after we created the persona, had writers posting under their own names and stuff. That was fine. But yeah, it was just just really a brand. The persona was like the editor-in-chief, essentially. That was the position. And she had writers below them, essentially. Yeah, we wanted to have that consistency. And we didn't want to sort of partner with any writer or any individual that could be this persona because we were thinking, well, what if we build this, build this up and up and up as we have done, and then that person leaves, you know, yeah. it leaves us in a bit of a bit of a hole. It's a bit of it's a good opportunity to blackmail as well if you're doing really well with your site. Like, yeah. imagine you have an agreement. You're like, oh, we're gonna pay you a thousand bucks a month to be our persona. And the site ends up making like six figures a month. And then people are like, what? You're just paying me $1,000. I want more. Like, this is what happens. You, you don't have that problem because you're a native English speaker, right? Yeah. But a lot of movies are, and TV shows are dubbed in like French and many other languages, right? Mm-hmm. And when a TV show gets popular, so like a recent example would be The Big Bang Theory, but it also happened for like Friends. Mm-hmm. Then the voices actually go on strike in Friends and literally demand double salary or they stop dubbing with their voice, which the whole public knows. And uh-huh, li- interesting. I had no idea about that, actually. Literally, the, the production companies just have no choice but to pay them. Interesting. I never really uh, thought of that. So actually, something you also mentioned in the intro is, which I, n- I never sort of put put that into the equation either but it's a very valid point is if you're thinking of selling your site at some point in the future having a persona makes it a much easier transition because if you're the persona like it's your face your name on the, the the blog it's difficult for someone else to buy that yeah just it's massively yeah not unsellable but yeah, it increases tough. the complexity a lot if we want to sell authority hacker which we have absolutely no plans to do that would be a huge challenge just because uh, it's us there. I'd rather not even try and launch yeah. a new site. So guys, we're, we're going to be around for a while. Sorry if you don't like us. <laughs> Any other reason why why we would do that? Actually, yeah, I wanted to say something actually. Um, like a lot of people are like, oh, but that's dishonest, etc. And we'll talk a little bit about that in a second. I just want to say as well that Ryan Dice and Digital Marketer, they actually do that as well. Sites like Survivor Life. If you go on SurvivorLife.com, they have these quote-unquote persona called Average Joe. The only difference is it's actually one of their employees and he's using a nickname. But that is not his real name, right? That is that is not the real person. They completely invented the background as well, etc. And they just essentially do the same thing. Definitely more refined and more advanced because they have a real person that can do videos. And we'll talk about the limitations in a minute. But yeah, it's, it's, we're not the only ones doing that. And you'd be surprised at the number of female bloggers out there that are guys, actually. <laughs> yeah. That, that is an interesting one. So how did that go? Like now we talked about why we're doing that, like the, the main reasons. Have we been doing that for? I think maybe two years, give or take. And honestly, it's gone absolutely fine. All of the problems which I was worried about, such as, you know, people not believing it or, uh, calling us out on it, that kind of stuff, which I was worried about before we did it. None of that's happened, or it's happened like once or twice or something. But there are other problems which have occurred, which I didn't really think of so much at the time, such uh, as, you know, if we wanted to do videos or webinars and that kind of stuff. It It's not impossible, but it definitely adds a lot of complexity to it. But overall, it's I think it's gone good. It's, you know, Helen gets pretty good sort of engagement 
from people over email. Give us some ideas of like what the kind, what kind of engagement happened, and then let's see, let's I mean, see how borderline that gets. Okay, I mean, like you want some crazy stuff? I want both. Like, <laughs> I mean, I want like the average interaction. The average interaction is just like anyone else who's doing email marketing, and you have people who respond to you. Just, just a very broad range of people with different ideas, and people who don't quite know how to use their email properly, and everything in between. And so it's it's fine. I would describe that as just normal, um, and so much so that we have some crazy people on who try and message the Facebook page. Some guy I think was convinced he was married to her and wanted a divorce or something. And no, then, I think he said, if I remember that correctly, he was like because it, Helen is married. That's her backstory essentially. Yeah. And I think he said, "Oh, like get with me, I'll pay for the divorce or something." Oh, okay. Well, I mean, th- that's quite common. I mean, it's a female on the internet. <laughs> I get maybe two or three times a week people responding to uh, our autoresponders asking for her phone number and all sorts of stuff like that. Okay. Uh, nothing untoward or anything. But, uh, but the fact that that's happening. No, no dick pics then. <laughs> not, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> okay. Uh, touch wood. <laughs> and if you're listening to this, please don't send us any. <laughs> um, but it, no, uh, I think the fact that all that's happening just solidifies what I said in that it's what we've created there is entirely believable and realistic, I think. We didn't go too over the top, uh, make up any crazy stories or anything like that. It's just a fairly normal kind of person. Yeah, let's talk about the limitations you mentioned a second ago. Like, What can we not do because we have that persona? Okay, so there's not too much that we can't do, per se. Maybe live webinars, face videos, that kind of stuff would be very tricky, though not impossible. Do you think Um, we could find the the stock photo person and... Have her work for us? It wouldn't be impossible, but I highly, highly, highly doubt it. Yeah, for all I know, she's 20 years older yeah. now. If we didn't do video, we just did audio, it would be fine, could get get other people. I mean, we were trying to create some video sales letters a while back for one of our products. Mm-hmm. We never ended up launching those. Oh, we did launch those VSLs, actually. But, but it didn't work out. We ended up going with the text page because they converted better. But... Yeah, I just hired someone off of Odesk to or Upwork, sorry, to uh, to do the audio for that. Yeah, um, so so but, we could essentially do like pre-recorded webinars. Yeah, and that's fine to do that. But once you do that once again, that means I have to hire the same person every time to do. And now you see why the dub voice go on strike. Yeah, <laughs> that that is why because then you're like totally tied to it, and you like in France, some people believe that Bruce really speaks French, you know. <laughs> It's like they have no idea. So really, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Like if you asked, like probably five to ten percent of people would believe he speaks French. Interesting. So yeah. And of course, we're talking about video here, but you just don't have that problem with text because anyone can write it, and we can say it's written by Helen. It's not a problem. Yeah, that is easy. Like yeah. the the more the more like we could never have her run an Instagram account. I saw some company, I forget who it was, they hired someone off, I think it was Fiverr, a woman, and they, she does all their videos. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, Serpu does that. Yeah. Yeah, Serpu literally just like made their persona a girl from Fiverr that does videos. Therefore, she can do all their videos, their face videos. That is pretty smart, uh, but it literally took the most popular girl there. So if you've ever used Fiverr, you just, you, you like totally spot them. <laughs> But yeah, it is definitely like an alternative 
to that. So there is limitations. It makes some things complicated. You know, the, the way we can just throw a webinar on Atari Hacker, we cannot do on health ambition. And it's a little bit annoying at times. But there are ways around. It's just like, well, it, it slows things down a bit, but at the same time, it makes your asset more sellable. So it's it's kind of like uh, you, you get something on one side, you lose something on the other side. Yeah, and there's also the case where people come to us with business opportunities. They want to do a partnership or some kind of affiliate deal or something like that. And they're responding to, uh, they're emailing Helen. But it's real simple, just forward it on to my email. And, well, you know. the, the thing, the way we've structured it actually is like they respond to Helen, but Helen is the editor-in-chief. She's exactly. not the owner of the website. We are still the owners of the website on paper and for anyone that asks. Yeah. She's, for all we know, she's just one of our employees. And so, so like we, this can definitely, yeah, we can still do the intro to one of us from the Helen email and then everything's good. Yep. Okay, I think that covers the the negative points. Now, when should someone create a persona and when should they not? And if they do, how do they create it? When should you do it? Ideally, when you're starting your site, that's the best point to do it. I mean, we we changed persona essentially from we literally just swapped it on the website Helen after about a year and a half <laughs> of launch, something like that. And really, it caused a bit of issue and people were responding in different emails and a bit of confusion, but it, it actually wasn't too big of a deal. But to be honest, back then, we weren't doing that much email marketing anyway. Yeah, I would say that, first of all, when you start a site, that's the point you should decide. It just makes things much easier. I think if possible, do it yourself, like be your own persona. Like what we're doing on yeah. Tori. Be yourself. It's just, it's much, much flexible. It's much simpler. You don't have to overthink certain scenarios and it's just less to worry about and it's kind of maybe a little bit more genuine as well so there's a deeper level of connection it's just like well when it's yourself it's just it's like if you ever consider selling essentially if this is your main topic of expertise you should definitely be the person like if you are the expert then there's no question it should be you. In the in the case of health ambition, we were absolutely not health experts though. So and we're hiring writers who are health experts and editors who are health experts to produce the content for us. So it makes much more sense for a site like that. Similarly, if you after you launch one site, you start to build up a portfolio of sites, then it makes more sense to start having personas for them. That's getting to the point where you think maybe you might be building something with the intention of selling it or also and it's quite hard to sort of categorize this but i would describe health ambition as a slightly different kind of authority site than authority hacker health ambition it's more like a magazine yeah it's um, like a high volume of content even if the content is not epic whereas authority hacker is like few very little content but everything's like really worked on a lot yeah so and people might not be interested in everything so if i'm looking for some juicing tips that's great but i might not necessarily want to know about what the best multivitamins for under 12s are they're all both health topics but very different so i think if you're having the magazine style content and it's it's presented in such a way there's different people writing content and it's more of like a company than your own personal blog we sort of present authority hacker as you know our own although that's going to change actually so that is going to be an interesting transition as well <laughs> but we, we have more people coming in we had Perrin come in already we have that's more true, people yeah. coming in and there is a lot of new things coming up 
uh, without spoiling anything. So that there, there will be a bit of a transition here. It's going to be interesting to see how it goes. But we still kind of like the, the minds behind it. Yeah. So I guess then the key differentiator is if you're the expert or not. Yeah, it's really and, that. And it's how, like, how much you plan on selling it. Also, do you match the target demographic, right? Yeah, like, this is true. This is true. Like, you know, for us, you were saying like the, the average health ambition user was like a woman in her 50s living in the US and were like guys in their 20s living in Europe. Yeah. That is it's hard to connect with these people, especially when you're facing competition that is exactly matching that demographic. Mm-hmm. Like you look at something like Wellness Mama or something like that, she's exactly that. I mean, she's not 50, but she's definitely closer to the demographic. Sure. So personalize a way for you to get closer to your target demographic to build more of a connection than you ever would as a person that one is not an expert in the topic and two is not close to them demographically. If you just have, if you don't have these two things going for you, then I would definitely go for a persona. If you're the expert, no matter which demographic you have, you should definitely be the persona, even like, for example, our friend, uh, our friend Jim does that on his site. Even though he has, like, he's in the same niche, he's saying he's still talking to women in their 50s in the US, but he's an Australian guy traveling around writing about health and he's doing pretty well because he is the expert. And yeah, and if you basically, yeah, it's like if you don't measure demographic, if you don't match the expertise, then use a persona. Otherwise, use yourself. That would be my answer. So another question for those who are still listening and interested in actually doing it, how do you do it? Okay, so there's it's like a roughly three-step process. The first thing is, and you have to get this right, is survey your list in such a way that you really deeply understand who your main demographic is. And for us, it wasn't who we thought. We thought it would be Women, Younger people. Yeah, yeah, men and women in their 20s, early 30s, interested in some new health ideas, that kind of stuff. But yeah. it absolutely wasn't. For us, it was over 50 and 80% women. So that certainly influenced uh, the, the the way we, we looked at it. So I just want to say, if you don't have a list, there's another solution to do that. It's the um, Facebook audience insight tool. It allows you to put any kind of interest that you would find on Facebook or any kind of Facebook page or something. It gives you all the information matching the age, the demographic, the other pages people like, if they are married or single, etc. And you can just put like a big site in your niche and essentially look at their demographics and assume you're going to get the same ones. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, as I said, the way we did it, the way we were actually trying to understand who our demographic was for when we were creating a sales page for one of our products quite some time ago and so we sort of learned about it that way but you can just run any kind of survey give something away as a way to encourage people to take part and yeah like there's plenty of tools out there survey monkey and uh, other things which which help you, help you do that yeah and it's not only though like the the if it's male female the age that kind of stuff but uh, more subtle things like do they have kids or not what are their interests outside of your your niche? That kind of that kind of thing. Are they super conservative or are they more liberal? You kind of want to understand all those those factors. So you're never going to get 100 percent accurate, but you can you'll very quickly start to build up a picture of who a, the, a large percentage of your audience is. And so 
after you've done that, the next step would be to start creating uh, the backstory of a person or a typical person whom you think would belong to that demographic or that interest group. So, Can you give us the backstory of Helen? Yeah, so for us, what it was is we created we created Helen. Uh, the name didn't actually come until later on. It was like the backstory was the first thing we did. And I think if you if you check out the about us page, it should be it should be more in there. But as far as I can remember, kind of entertaining. Yeah, she went to she went she went to college, then got married, and then started putting on weight after college, and then so much so that one of her friends thought she was pregnant at one point. So she broke down in tears and then started to that's the video sales lose letter, weight yeah. and all this kind of stuff. Got into juicing and then turned her life around and yeah. There you go. That's the quick version. It's a lot more detail than that that we put into it. And we actually, why this is important is we actually use this in our content briefs, which we give to writers. So if you have a new writer in, the I think the, the second or third bit at the top of our content brief will have the backstory. And it mentions stuff like the fact that she has kids and, and all this. So it's very common in our content, even with new writers, that they'll say, they'll when they're ghostwriting as Helen, they'll they'll be talking about, oh, you know, and my, my kids really like this juice because it's blah, blah, blah. So yeah, that's what we do, create this backstory. And by the time you've, you've gone through and actually written down a, a full-on backstory like that, you'll have built up a pretty sort of solid idea of who this character is. Then the it gives you a lot of base for like the emails you send for the, uh, we use all, a lot of these backstories as well for the intros of blog posts. If you read our current blog posts being posted on the blog on Health Ambition, you'll see that a lot of them start with a tiny personal story, then jump into the topic. Yep. And so then the final step of it is to actually find some kind of image. And this is, I don't actually don't think it's that difficult. It was quite easy for us, but a lot of people seem to struggle the most with this bit. I see a lot of people use cartoon characters. That, that is inspired from somewhere, I guess. I think you're best just using a, a real picture, real photo. And you can buy stock images on, you know, there's plenty of sites out there. Shutter stocks, probably the biggest ones, big stock photo, deposit photos, plenty deposit more. Deposit photos is pretty good. I actually did it recently for one of our new sites. Mm-hmm. Like it's like a couple. And and they actually have a, a search option where you find all the photos of the same model, and it's really useful. Yeah, I mean that's what I was going to say. So you want to search, and the search term I think I, I think it was Shutterstock we got Helen from, and you search for woman thirties or woman thirty five or woman forties. I was searching for middle aged family for me. Yeah, and you'll quickly get a a, broad, a big selection, and the, unfortunately about ninety percent of them are too kind of perfect like yeah. two photoshopped it looks like a looks like a stock photo so i was actually looking for something that didn't look like a stock photo you don't want a perfect face you don't want yeah. like everything to be perfect i understand it's like it's still the picture on the website so you imagine people would you know put some makeup on or something for that <laughs> you know it's like it's not exactly like they're waking up from bed but if it's too good if it's too like white background like all these stock photo sites have etc like too yeah. much of a Colgate smile and so on, then, yeah, it's fake. Yeah, and then the most important thing is, as you mentioned, there's they all have this button, this uh, search option or a link on the photo page where you can search for photos using the same model. And we were actually f- able to find one where the model 
had various poses and then there was like one with her family and one in a swimming pool and a bunch of other stuff. And so, yeah, we, we settled on that. Uh, yeah, uh, I did the same for the recent well. one I did. It's like, you definitely want more than one picture. One picture is like, yeah. for sure it's fake. Yeah, I think we have like six or seven as yeah. sort of standard ones. Which we I use. have like a dozen for that new site as well. But that allows you to uh, sparkle around your website and show that it's really you mm-hmm. in different situations and so on. In this case, it's not, but you know, it makes, <laughs> it makes people believe more essentially. Yeah, yeah. Anything else? No, I mean that in terms of creating the persona, that's that's pretty much it. All um, right. Do we run into any kind of legal problem or people hating us? So like how does that like can you sleep at night doing that? How do you feel about that? I can sleep fine. It's not <laughs> not not a problem. I mean, the way I justify it to myself is this is not something new that we, we're doing here. This this happens all the time in journalism. Most, it happens all the time, but nobody talks about it. Most journalists, or a lot of journalists at least, written journalists, write under pen names. Very, very common thing. And that's they're not trying to deceive anyone or claim some kind of uh claim something that they're not i mean we're not saying helen's a nutritionist or anything like that yeah i was gonna say like we should never give any kind of credential that gives authority like she's not a doctor she's not a lawyer she's not like she doesn't have a phd you know nothing the the thing is though that the people who's writing this the car content most of them do (laughs) so it's even if we were like oh it's a if we're running a medical site, which I think would be a terrible idea for all sorts of legal reasons, yeah, if, I would never if do we that. were, and if we were, it would be disingenuous, I think, to do that. But really, I don't think it would. There would be that much harm to it because we would have to be having actual doctors write the stuff anyway. Yeah, so what's the matter? I would, I would not go for that anyway. Like I think it's uh, you, you, I was, it, you can course, get into trouble, and of and course, so I was using it to illustrate the point yeah, that. Yeah. It's all, the only thing that's changing here is the name, not the qualifications of the yeah. person providing well, you with the information. I and, think for personas, you should never give any kind of like high-end credentials to them. Yeah, I mean, everyone's been to college or something, so it's not yeah, yeah, that's deal, fine. But like, you know, not more than that, essentially. Yeah. So yeah, at the end of the day, it's a, a lot of people actually do this just as a way to stay in, uh, anonymous because. I mean, I don't mind that my name's out there on the internet or your name's out there on the internet, but some people are, they like their lives to be a lot more private than that. And they don't like, you know, putting themselves out there for whatever reason. That's fair enough. So they use that. They they can use personas in the same way that journalists will use pen names to kind of have that gap in between their private public life. Yeah, that makes sense. How do the writers deal with that? Do they all know Helen's life by heart? Yeah, I mean, as I said, we put it in the content briefs, sort of rough story of it. There was one time recently that I forgot to mention that it was ghost writing. And one of the writers who, to be honest, we were getting rid of anyway, took a bit of an issue with it. But, you know, whatever. It's yeah, it's, you're it's, not, it's really not a big deal. Most writers these days are very accustomed to writing, to doing ghost writing. And as long as you're paying them, they're not going to have a problem with it. Okay. Um, so the one thing, though, that yeah. I was most worried about at the start was people calling us out on this. And aside from people who read Authority Hacker or, or people now who are listening to this podcast, which is only a few thousand shout people, out, shout out to you guys. No one's ever actually, one, only one person has ever, I, I think, figured out what's going on here. And 
again, they wrote this long, long email about what, like how they were so clever that they discovered it. And that was great. I just deleted the email and carried on with my life and nothing happened. So, so you're a bit of an asshole. Not really. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I spent a lot of time doing that and I just, I wasn't prepared to waste my time. How, how would you feel though if like... I'll, I'll send him a link to this podcast next time it happens. How would you feel though if, that, if a site you were following that uh, you've been like reading for a while and then you just, you realize that the person that said they wrote the content is, it's actually not them. Uh, I mean, that happens all the time. Like I used to be a massive fan of wrestling and, uh, you know, <laughs> the, 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 the rock discovering his real name is Dwayne Johnson. I mean, come on. It's like a s- similar thing. You have it with TV all the time. As I said, journalism and magazines, journalists and magazines say they, they write under pen names all the time. Yeah. I mean, if I discovered that, I would definitely think, oh, there's a there's an authenticity issue here. Maybe I if if they're not real about who they are, then how do I know that the information's real? And that's fair enough. But the fact of the matter is, it is real because the information we're providing is good because our writers and our editorial teams really good and they know what to talk about and they're ve- they're very qualified. And it's just a risk we're willing to take. And so far, we haven't really been. So what's the risk? Been a problem. I don't know. I guess that somewhat, I think actually there was one case in the health industry where there was some woman who claimed to have had cancer and then beaten it. Oh, that's bad. I had a blog about how to do that by eating healthy foods instead of taking your medicine or whatever. But that's killing people, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And understandably, people were a bit upset with that, but... Whether, Just a personal opinion here. It's it's not okay when someone does that with healthy food, but it's okay when church does it. You know, what do you mean? Well, there's a lot of preachers in the U.S. that pretend to like that. Oh if you, yeah, I mean, instead of <laughs> buying treatments, that's that's a whole other. Uh, yeah, let's not start this. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, that literally kills people. That kind of advice, like when we tell people to but, use lemon water, and, and, and again, though, it's not the persona has nothing to do with this. It's Bad advice is bad advice. Doesn't matter who's saying it. So yeah. it's not not yeah. really a big deal. Fair enough. So if you had to do it again, would you do it again? Yeah, I do do it again. Uh, okay. we, sorry, we have done it again. Well, okay, but the reader, the listeners don't do that. Don't know that. So I wanted to make sure. Cool. Uh let's wrap up. Any final words? No, I mean, guys, if anyone's listening to this and really has a problem with it, then feel free to shoot us an email and voice your complaints. Will you delete um, it? And I'll read it. <laughs> and taken on board, and um, that's that's all I have to say. Really. Yeah, like, I'm sure we're going to get a bunch of like comments that just don't like what we're doing, etc. On these podcasts, great. Uh, the more more yeah, comments, the better. Give us some more attention, please. It's going to be interesting, <laughs> but yeah, I just want to say actually, uh, like regarding last week, like last week's podcast, we are not completely sold out to Thrive Theme. We actually say Genesis is probably a more stable platform, even though we're not affiliates at all or anything. It is a more stable platform. It's just that we actually like it. And as you can see on our sites, we use these themes. And that's why we said this is the one we recommend. But if you want the most stable platform, actually go with Genesis. So just a little reply to the comments from last week. Anyway, guys, thanks for tuning in. And we'll see you next week for another episode. Thanks for coming, Mark. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to the Authority Hacker Podcast. If you enjoyed this show, don't forget to rate us on iTunes and send us a screenshot on authorityhacker.com slash bonus to claim your free premium Authority Hacker training.